What a mighty, powerful move of the Spirit of the Lord in this place this morning. My, 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 my. I ask the Lord just to release the power of the Holy Ghost in this place today. And I believe that's exactly what He's doing right now. Believe that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, praise team, for taking us to the foot of the cross today. True worship in spirit and in truth. This morning, when I began to pray and seek the Lord again for this service this morning, I just felt something so simple and yet so profound. And I'll take just a few minutes today. I will have you out on time, whatever on time is. If it's 12, 1, 2, it'll be on time. I promise you it won't be there. But I do want to take you to the Word of the Lord very quickly because I feel the Holy Ghost wants to talk to several people in this room today, all of us in this room. Man, I just feel the presence of God in this house today. I feel the Lord in this place today. You know, I have a text here, but I, I think I'm going to put a text on it that you can remember. I was going to preach today from two words, save yourself. Save yourself. But I think I'll just change it to this, the monkey's on your back. It's all in your court today. Amen. Call it what you want to. I don't care. You may be seated. God bless you. In Acts chapter 2, there's a very beautiful and powerful story of the birthday of the church. It is the beginning of the New Testament church. It's what God intended for the church to be. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, if you have your Bibles and if you don't, it'll be on the screen. Go to Acts chapter 2 verse 1 if you will. I'm going to skip through some verses here very quickly today, but I want you to see something for yourself. The Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to skip through that chapter. I'll go back and refer to some of it in just a few minutes, but I want to skip through that chapter to the 37th verse. Because let me just tell you, let me preface that verse with, with what really happened because Peter stood up in about Acts 14, that's 2 and 14, and he began to explain what was happening. And he said, this is not what you think it is. These, are, these people are not drunk like you think they are. They are not drunken as you suppose. But see, this is only the third hour of the day.
but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And then, and then, he took the liberty to preach to them in the next few verses, Christ and him crucified. He talked about Christ whom God hath raised from the dead. And he told them about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord, which incorporates the gospel of Jesus Christ for the New Testament church. We believe that what the gospel is predicated upon is the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord. The Bible said he died, and so we die. The Bible said he was buried, so we are buried. The Bible said he rose again, and so we rise again. And I'm going to tell you how we do all of that in just the next few minutes. But I want you to see what happened. The Bible said in Acts 37, or 237, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall, and I want you to go to your Bible and underline, or if you're on your iPhone or whatever app you've got, you ought to put an underline under the word we. What shall we do? Here's why they said, what shall we do? Because Jesus Christ had done everything possible to save the world. He came as God wrapped in flesh. He robed himself and lived for 33 and a half years upon this earth. He died a cruel death on a cruel cross by cruel people so that he could take the sins of every soul that has ever lived and lay them upon his shoulders and die for the sins of the world. He went into a tomb and they sealed it and they guarded it, but you can't stop the gospel because it was only three days later that he came forth out of the tomb, resurrected from the dead, and he said, I am alive forevermore. So I got great news for you. He's still alive. I said, he's still alive. He said, I am he that was dead, but I am alive forevermore. Could I preach to you for just a few minutes on this Sunday morning, if I may? I thought to myself, Lord, this is so simple, and, 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 and you know, but the gospel's simple. How do I know that? Because one writer said that, that it is so simple that a wayfaring man, though a fool, would not err therein. You can understand the gospel because it's simple. Jesus died for you. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again. And, and that is where the gospel comes from. If he hadn't have done that, there wouldn't have been a we in the 37th verse. Because what they heard was this. The Lord has done his part. What do we need to do? Somebody said salvation's free. It is. It is. He paid the price for your salvation. But Peter heard them 
And he stood and he said this. I haven't preached from this verse in a long time, but it is the verse that I want to preach from today. And as a matter of fact, Brad and I were, were, were discussing this verse in the scriptures on Friday morning. I don't know. It may have just been that, Brad. I don't know. But he rung a bell in my heart because Peter said unto them, repent. That's what you have to do. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. That's what you have to do. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what's coming to you. And then he, he didn't stop there. He said, for this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words, the Bible doesn't say what else he said, but it said he spoke many other words and did he testify and exhort saying, and he used two words, save yourself. Save yourselves. So I've, I've come on a Sunday morning with about as simple a message as I'll ever preach in this pulpit and tell you on this day that God has done his part to save every one of us. We cannot ask him for any more. He has given everything that he had. He left the ivory palaces of glory and became as a lamb to the slaughter. He died for the sins of every man, every woman. It doesn't matter how deep you've been. It doesn't matter how wrong you've been. It doesn't matter how terrible you are. It doesn't even matter how good you think you may be. He said what you have to do as for your part is you need to turn to God today and you need to say Lord I am sorry for the man I've been. I'm sorry for the young person I've been. I'm sorry for the woman I've been. I'm sorry for the deeds I've done. I want to turn my life around. Let me tell you what repentance is today. I'm not preaching with notes today. I don't have one. I've got about two sentences and one said Peter began to preach to them Christ and him crucified and the other one said it's our response Responsibility to save ourselves. That's my notes today. But I want to preach to you what repentance is. It's not saying, Lord, I'm sorry and keep doing the same old thing. It's saying, Lord, I'm sorry at turning away and walking away and changing your life forever. Who's going to help me preach here for about 10 minutes? Amen. It's saying, Lord, I, I need forgiveness. I, I've done this. And, I've, and look, when you go to God, you need to name it. I told the Lord this morning, Lord, nothing's hid from you. <laughs> I didn't have to tell him that. He already knew it, but I wanted him to know I knew it. Nothing's hid from you. You can't hide enough to do things wrong and God not know it. Somebody else might not know it, but God knows where we are. And God sees where we are. So when we come to God in honest repentance and contrition, what we must do is we must open the soul and we must let him in and to remove the things that are wrong and the things that are unlike him every wrong word every wrong attitude every wrong deed everything that we've done when you truly repent I want to tell you what repentance is the Bible calls it godly sorrow repentance is godly sorrow it's not just sorry because you got caught it's sorry because you sinned I've seen a lot of folks repent, but it, it was crocodile tears. It, 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 they repented because somebody found them out. 
They repented because they got caught. It's easy to repent in a jail cell. It's easy to repent in the courtroom. Oh, come on now. I'm still preaching. I'm still up here. You can go ahead and say amen. It's easy to repent when you're in a bind. It's easy to repent. Oh, God, please, Lord, I'm sorry. But what about on this Sunday morning when God has revealed to you that you need to go to an altar or stand right where you are or step out into an aisle or kneel somewhere around the front of this building and say, Lord, you've got to deliver me. You've got to forgive me. I repent of my sins today. I'm laying it all at the altar today. I've given you everything today. I'm tired of the man I've been. I'm tired of the way I've been living. I'm going to turn my life around this morning. That's called true repentance. And I believe that's what God's looking for. God will not save you. Listen to me. God will not save you until you repent. He can't save you until you repent. He will not save you until you repent. Often we get so we get so excited when God moves as he as he has already in this service. Uh, he moved this way last Sunday and, and and the man of God that was here didn't get to preach his sermon, but that's okay. I didn't know if I was going to preach this one today or not, but I believe God's got a word for somebody here this morning. Let me tell you something, when God moves like that, it's easy to get excited and say, "Oh, you can have a, let me tell you what we need to do before we get anything from God, we have to repent." We have to say, I'm sorry. We have to empty the old man. We have to go to the altar of sacrifice. We have to say it, here it is, Lord. Let me tell you, before the Old Testament priest walked into the Holy of Holy where the presence of God was, he had to go outside to the brazen altar. He had to offer a lamb without spot or blemish. He had to let blood be shed. That was the symbolic of the repentance of the New Testament church. What has to happen now? We have to repent. Oh, y'all want me to really preach? I can. I will. I will. That's not just for people who come for the very first time. That's for people who get malice in their heart. And that's for people who've had a, a, a judgmental spirit. And that's for people who have had something in their crawl for 10 years and won't get it out. Well, I'll forgive them, but there are no buts when you forgive them. Well, I just don't like them. Well, you got to get over it. Well, I just don't like what's happening. You need to pray through. I know you've heard that before, but you can't go to heaven with all against your brother. You can't be right with with something in your crawl against your mother-in-law. Oh, oh. I'm just preaching truth here today. You see, we think, well, God's going to move. God's going to do. Let me tell you what stops God, sin. Let me tell you what stops God. When we don't do right, God can't do right. When we don't play it before the Lord, we can't do what God wants us to do. I'm preaching to somebody here this morning, and I'm, it may be as simple as it's ever been, but so help me, God spoke to me just as plain this morning. As he's, and I, I didn't write it all down, but all this stuff went through my mind while I was on my knees praying this morning, and I thought, God, if we could just get people to the altars of repentance, and then we could take them to the waters of baptism, and we could bury you as the Scripture has 
said in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You know what's coming next? An old-fashioned baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire. So the monkey's on your back. God's done his part. God's already said what he did. Here's what Paul told Timothy. He said, take heed thyself and unto the doctrine and continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. When you do what you're supposed to do, you are saving yourself. You are, you are putting the final touches on your salvation. You say, well, I can't save myself. You can't by yourself. But when you take the sacrifice of Calvary and the blood of Jesus Christ and you start applying it to your life, I want to tell you that is saving yourself. Somebody here shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, I went to the book of, of Revelation today and I started reading in the third chapter what the Lord said to the church of Laodicea. And he said this, because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched. See, God looked past all that. They said, we're rich, we're increased with goods. We don't need anything, pastor. We're just doing great today. But God said, no. He said, here's what you really are. He said, here's what you really are. You're wretched and you're miserable and you're poor and you're blind and you're naked. But here's what he said. He said, there's something you gotta do. He didn't say, I'm gonna do it for you. He said, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And here's what you do, Laodicea. Anoint your eyes with the I say that thou mayest see. There's some things you gotta do. Because he said to that church, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Be zealous therefore and repent. Oh, I know, I know we're not running aisles here today, but let me tell you, the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody. He said, behold, here's what Jesus said. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, what's gonna happen? If he opens, there's something for you to do. If he opens the door, Jesus said, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me and to him that overcometh, to him that overcometh, there's something for you to do. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and have sat down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. So here I come on a Sunday morning to tell you. There's more to it than just hearing the gospel. There's more to it than just saying I believe. There are some things that God laid out in the word of God that you and I have to do to save ourselves from this untoward generation. We don't preach, neither do we believe the doctrine of once saved, always saved. I'm sorry we don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe you can Find God and be saved and then live any way you want to and you don't have to worry about it anymore. I don't believe that. Amen. 
They use the scripture that says, no man can pluck you out of my hand. And I believe that. No man can pluck you out of the hand of God, but you can take yourself out of the hand of God. And in order to be saved, he is calling us to repentance, and he's calling us to baptism, and he's calling us to a life that is pleasing to him. There are some things that we as humans must do. You know, here's, here's what you've got to understand. When God created the heavens and the earth, and then he started making all these animals, and he started, he started putting everything in this earth the way he wanted it. He spoke it all into existence. He just said, let there be a dog, and there was a dog. Let there be a cat, and there was a cat. Let there be a, an elephant, and there was an elephant. He, the Bible said he spoke the world into existence. Let there be light, and there was light. He divided the firmament just as he spoke. But when he came to the sixth day, he reached down and picked up dust. And the Bible said he made man in his own image. And he breathed God's breath into that lump of mud, clay, sand, dirt, whatever you want to call it. The Bible said he breathed into him the breath of life and he became a living soul. Nothing, nothing else has a soul but human beings. So here's what I want to tell you. Not only do we have a soul, but we have the ability... He gave us the innate ability to choose, to choose. We, we worry about animals, and I guess that's good, and, and we worry about this. But, but look, a deer can weather the winter. A bear can find his place to stay. A coon can make his way through the hardness of an ice storm. We, we watch the, we watch the, a polar bear knows right when to hibernate. It's all done by nature. It's a natural instinct inside of them. But let me, he didn't give them a choice. They can't say, I'm going to go up and get me a room at the Holiday Inn tonight. They can't say, you know what, I'm just going to escape winter this, this time. I'm not going to be in winter. He didn't give them a choice. They, they are there with instinct. God made everything that way. But let me tell you what he put in David Bolin, the ability to choose where you wanted to go, what you wanted to do, how you wanted to live, what you wanted to eat. Let me tell you what he gave to every one of us that sits in this building today. He gave us the power of choice. He gave us the power to choose. And when he did that, he also laid out for us that you can choose good or you can choose evil. You can choose saved or you can choose lost. And so the monkey's on your back today. I've never preached that in my life. I preached save yourself, but I was thinking while I was standing up here waiting to get this pulpit, the monkey's not on my back. I'm preaching it to you. The monkey's on your back when you hear it today because when you leave here, you got it. And when you walk out of here, you can do with it whatever you want to do. You can go to heaven or you can go to hell. I'm leaving it up to you. 
you today. But here's what I'll do. I'll stand in the judgment bar and say, Lord, on February the 12th of 2023, I told them about your blood. I told them about your forgiveness. I told them about baptism. I told them how to repent. I told them you'd fill them with the Holy Ghost. And Lord, that's up to them, whatever they've done with it. The monkey's on your back today. Come on, stand up all over the house with me today. How simple is that? How easy is that? With many other words did he testify and exhort. Save yourself. That's scripture. Save yourself. I was thinking about this morning praying. I, I wish I could save people. Brother Eric, I wish I could save everybody. I wish I had the ability to just go through this congregation today and, and just, just touch you. And I, I love you, Joseph. Glad you're here. Brand new guy right here. I wish I could just say, Joseph, you're saved. Gage, you're saved. Taylor, you're saved. I don't have that ability. I can't do that. I don't have that ability. But you have the ability to say, devil, you're a liar. I'm tired of you messing around with my life. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Oh, if I had time today, I'd take you to John chapter 3 where Jesus himself said, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit or you can't enter the kingdom of God. It's not a question in my mind what it takes to be saved. You got to have the Holy Ghost. You got to be baptized in the name of the Lord. You got to live a life that's pleasing to God. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you, every time they receive the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, which is the beginning of the church, they spoke in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Are you listening to me? In Acts chapter 2, the Jews spoke in tongues and received the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles received the Holy Ghost. And Peter said, I knew they had the Holy Ghost because I heard them speak with tongues. In Acts chapter 19, there were the, the disciples of John that Paul found. And when he laid his hands on them to receive the Holy Ghost. Besides that, he didn't just receive the Holy Ghost. I'll preach about this another Sunday. He rebaptized them because they weren't baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. But let me tell you today, it's important how you get there. It's important how you arrive. If you've never, listen to me right now, if you've never had this experience, it's not something that's far out there. It's in this house today. It's in this building on this Sunday morning. You can have the Holy Ghost in your life today. Somebody shout today. You don't have to wait for it. All you got to do is meet the conditions of God and you got to save yourself. In this house today, you can have the Holy Ghost. Preacher, what's going to happen when the Holy Ghost comes in? Here's what's going to happen. Isaiah said, for with stammering lips and another tongue shall I speak to this people. And this is the rest where you shall cause the weary to rest. That's what Isaiah said. Matthew said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And these signs shall follow them that believe. One of the signs is they shall speak with new tongues. Matthew also said in 11 and 28, 
He said, come unto me, quoting Jesus, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Somebody say rest. Isaiah said, if you want the rest, it's coming with stammering lips and another tongue. I'm going to give you rest. Isaiah said, I want to give you the rest. I want to give you the rest that Isaiah talked about. I want to give you, Matthew quoted, it was Jesus talking. He said, come unto me and I want to give you rest. This is not an experience that you can't have. It's an experience that everybody has to have. Everybody needs it this morning. And you ought to want it this morning. And you ought to desire it this morning. So when Jesus came along in John chapter 3, he said, he said, you got to be born of the water and the spirit or you can't enter the kingdom of God. Watch me now. Watch me now. He said, the wind bloweth where it listeth and thou hearest the sound thereof. There it is right there. But you can't tell where it's coming from and you don't even know where it's going. So is everyone. Would somebody here just shout that with me? So is everyone. I wish somebody would help me. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. There's a sound coming to your life. I'm not on dangerous water here. I'll challenge you all day long with the Scripture. Because when it came in Acts chapter 2, it came with a sound of rushing mighty wind and the power of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. When it came in Acts chapter 10, it came through the power of the preaching of Peter, the gospel of Christ to the Gentiles. And they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and they spoke in other tongues. I'm preaching to you on this Sunday morning that when it comes to you, it's going to come with power and it's going to come with sound and it's going to come with anointing and it's going to be like a book of Acts Church. It's going to be an apostolic experience. I believe the Holy Ghost is in this house today. And if you want to save yourself, you want to walk down to the front of this church right now and say, Lord, I want the Holy Ghost.